Mm, that's good. You vegetarian? No. Me either. But I feel like I, I mean, I eat way less meat than I ever have in my life. It's like yeah. I only eat it when I go out to eat pretty much and uh -huh. I don't buy it anymore. That's, that's sort of our deal because she's vegetarian. It just doesn't make efficiency sense for us to yeah. cook meat in the van because mm -hmm. we got to, you know, we can eat the same thing if we right. just make one meal. Well, and it's just like, it's too hard to clean it. Like clean up the cooked meat is so mm -hmm. much harder. Yeah. I mean, sure, like we have fridges and stuff, but it's just like, it's just not, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we sort of, this might be rationalization, it might be like a good scientific guess, but like our sort of feeling is like, if there wasn't like milk or raw eggs on it, we can kind of wipe it out and wash it in a couple days. hundred percent right? though, for sure. But it would be different if you were eating like a bunch of meat and shit. Yeah. yeah. Make you sick. I got barbecue sauce in my pants. All right, and oh, I got slobber yes. on my crotch, so it's fine. We're doing good. Um, all right, let's podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 37 of From the Van. It's a podcast from my van where I have conversations with people who have relationships with residential vehicles. I'm your host, Marty Benson, and today's episode features Alexa Glazer. Alexa is a full-time van lifer. She lives in a Mercedes Sprinter. She's also a public speaker and author. She came into Encinitas uh, to do a speaking engagement promoting her new book, Live in the Dream and we got a chance to hang out with her afterwards. One of the cool things about living in Encinitas in the, in the winter is that our weather is less crappy than everywhere else in the country. So all my van friends show up. Uh, we got tons of van homies in town right now, which is awesome. I'm podcast rich, so look forward to this and other episodes in the coming weeks to see who came to visit. Um, it's a really good crew of people. And uh, it was wonderful to sit down and talk to Alexa about her process, writing, living in the van, and the whatnot. So I hope that you enjoy episode 37 of From the Van featuring Alexa Glazer. Alexa Glazer. Yep. You're from Ohio. Yep. Cleveland, what town? Ohio. Cleveland. Yeah. I've never been to Cleveland. We drove through Cleveland. Did we? Remember? We? <laughs> <laughs> we stopped so in Columbus yeah. for a night. Well, the only thing we did was go to the Brew Dog Hotel, uh, uh -huh. and that was all that we saw of Columbus. Yeah. So yeah. We, did we well. were there for like 12 hours just drinking beer. Um, yeah. You just came out with a book. I did. What's it called? Um, living the dream today because tomorrow is not promised. Yeah. It's my first baby. So yeah. My first, my van is the second. Okay. <laughs> we'll see what comes next. Nice. How long have you been in the van? Um, just about five months full time. Oh, okay. So I've had it for about a year. Mm -hmm. Um, did like part time for a while while I finished teaching last year, and then now we're just following the Oliver Road. Nice. Where were you teaching? Um, Clark County School District, so in Nevada, like Vegas area. Okay. Um, I was a substitute, but I took a long-term position, so I actually mm -hmm. had my kiddos for like longer than their teacher, and it was insane. Such a learning experience. Yeah, yeah sure. I'll bet so. What I, did you teach? Um, mostly kindergarten and preschool. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot, man. Yeah, it takes a, a different type of person, but so does high school, so does middle school, and I wouldn't want to do those. Uh -huh. So I like the little guys. Little kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, I don't even know, man. I'm not around kids very much, and like... I would imagine that like super young kids have like a complete, completely different set of 
they're probably not as defiant and stuff, but they've got their own, like, physiological shit going on, too. Oh, yeah. It's insane. But they're... Like, the way they think is so simple, and, like, we guys adults have to get back to that, I think. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they show sure. love so differently. Like, literally one day I decided to start tallying how many hugs I got, and it was, like, upwards of 60. Like, oh, that's great. insane amounts of hugs. Yeah. Um, but they, like, love that, and, mm-hmm. like, they're so honest, because they're, mm-hmm. like, told so much, like, not to lie, not to lie. And right. so, even if you, like, they want to, they you can immediately tell. So, that's amazing. They're so bold. They're fearless. Yeah. They got, like, the biggest dreams ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big lesson yeah. to take from that, I guess. Does that come through in your book? What, what, what was the process? Um, so I started writing as a coping mechanism. Okay. Um, when I lost my dad almost six years ago, uh, my mentor, who is, like, dad number two now, um, he was like, just start writing, whether it's a sentence, a paragraph, pages long, just mm-hmm. write to get your thoughts down, because it's physical proof of where you were, where you're going and it's something to look back on to like have kind of these new memories and make yourself feel a little bit more human when you don't Mm -hmm. and so after about a year of just kind of doing that um, I really fell in love with it and I was like all right I'm gonna sit down and write something with intention and I wrote what is now one of my uh, first chapters and literally from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to try and change the world and give people some hope or make them feel less alone, give them a friend they didn't have, whatever it may be. Um, but the entire process probably took about three years. Okay. Um, and then towards the end, I was like, I want this in my hands before I turned 25. And so from like August to December of like that year, I knocked out everything mm-hmm. and then yeah, made that goal of before 25. Nice. I'm having a book. So, yeah. Oh, you make me feel really old. Um, <laughs> but what doesn't? Um, that's great. Did you self-publish it? I or? self-published, yes. Okay. So, definitely want to write another one and try going the other route. But I have to say, like, the first book was more so just, like, for me mm-hmm. and kind of family and friends. So, kind of the basis was, like, I wanted to learn from my dad without him being here. And so what I did is I sent a letter to about 400 people, everyone that signed the guest book at the wake, and handwritten envelopes and everything. And I asked them to send me like rules, values, morals of my dad, stories that they had together so that I can continue learning. So throughout my book, I have like Phil Glazer rules. Mm-hmm. And basically it's these like little one-liners he had, like strap on a pair, chase your dreams, not your kettle, which is a tattoo of mine. Or it's like all about relationships, um, stuff about family, whatever. And I kind of interpret what he said by that and then have like testimonials per se underneath of like what everyone else sent me. So for me publishing it, like we had a big book release party. I had one in Vegas because that's where I lived at the time and then one back home in Cleveland. And the one in Cleveland, we had like 350 people there. And it was this amazing kind of just like celebration. Like sure, the book brought everyone together, but like I said, it was more so just to celebrate him. Yeah. Um, and like have a, a time with everyone together where we're not crying. Like sure, there's tears shed, but we're crying about like the good stuff and mm-hmm. all those like amazing memories that we're all still okay. Cause the first time everyone was together, you don't think you're okay. You don't think you ever will be. So that was more so book one was for me, book two maybe for the rest of the world mm-hmm. and try to publish it a different way. Right, cool. And you've been traveling around sort of promoting it and, but yeah. also speaking like sort of outside of the book mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Tell us about that. So speaking for me is kind of like at this moment, cause I think everything shifts so often, right? But 
speaking for me is like end all be all like I want that to be my life and like the driving force of the van and like where I'm going essentially mm-hmm. um, but basically like the umbrella of what I talk on is the book and live in the dream however I don't speak to one specific group and that's something I love like so many people are like hey who's your demographic what's your niche right and like my demographic is humans my niche is connection the umbrella of that is living the dream um, for me speaking to different crowds a it opens up the door for engagement I hate speaking at people I want to speak with people mm-hmm. and that's something I always say like up front in the beginning like please talk to me like I want you to have courage to stand up tell me something tell me anything um, so I do a lot with like student leadership when I'm like with them I talk a lot about like being more courageous not thinking about what you want to be when you grow up but what you want to do mm-hmm. if it's like an all women's event I talk more on like self-love and not necessarily women empowering women um, but it's your job just as a human to go empower other humans mm-hmm. so take what you get from these women relationships and like go do that with every type of human out in the world um, when I talk like Greek life and college students I talk a lot about like crushing stereotypes and not checking society's boxes so I always just tailor it to who I'm speaking to but like I said that living the dream message is always like the backbone and that's like the driving force but that's what's amazing and just getting to connect with people like that's mm-hmm. why I moved into my van yeah but the van probably really facilitates a lot of uh a lot of speaking engagements and stuff. You can take yeah. stuff that you might not be able to take otherwise mm-hmm. because you don't have to pay for lodging and that sort of thing. A hundred percent. So now I'm like, on my invoices though, I need to start putting like, I need a parking spot because <laughs> some of these places, right. I'm like, I'm in the middle of nowhere or there's not places to park. So that's been interesting. However, yeah, like that's a hundred percent what it facilitates being able to go anywhere and everywhere um, and being able to do it for cheaper than if they were to hire someone else, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, this is probably, I'm obligated to ask this question and we'll probably spend the next 45 minutes answering it, but what is living the dream? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So for, for me, it's chasing curiosity. Cause I think living the dream is different for every single person. So this is just like my personal definition today, tomorrow it could be different. Mm -hmm. Yesterday it was probably different, but for me, living the dream is chasing curiosity, storytelling, Mm-hmm. and making yourself a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think the stage of life I'm in or season I'm in right now is just like all about me in a very unselfish, but maybe a little bit selfish way. It's just like so much personal growth. Mm-hmm. So for me, just challenging myself um, and like going against the grain a bit mm-hmm. and seeing like these light bulb moments is like what I always talk about is being able to connect with people and see like that light bulb over their head go off and it's not necessarily that they know what that means or I don't know what they're thinking or what they're feeling in that moment but seeing impact is for me what the dream is and connecting with people wholeheartedly I always say I want people to feel like somebody when they feel like a nobody and I really make that like my daily mission whether it's just like smiling at people and like making people feel noticed because I think a lot of times we don't and we're so hard on ourselves. So when you you being a complete stranger can make someone feel something Mm -hmm. to me, like that's, that's the dream. But overall, I think either we think living the dream is like this end all be all. We think it's like people saying like they're living the dream sarcastically. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten that a lot. Or I'm guilty of using that. Right? No, and and I am too. I think we all are. But now I just have this whole thing. I think a lot of times too, like even when I said it sarcastically, like that's when I needed to feel it the most. Right. Because to me, it, it, 
it's your rock bottom moments that re make you realize that you actually are living the dream. Right. Because your rock bottom moments are the moments like you feel like you're not able to survive the next day. Like you don't know what's to come. You wish something didn't happen, but that's where you grow the most. Mm -hmm. That's to me like where you relive in the gap. I right. always say and like living in the gap is like acknowledging moments before they become memories mm -hmm. and like living more intentionally and I think you do that when you're at rock bottom right and I think a lot of times when we're at like cloud nine it's great but we're not like doing much like self-reflection there mm -hmm. because we're just like going off this high which isn't a bad thing but I think the dream is at the bottom sometimes yeah I something that I, uh, I've talked to about or I've talked about with some other people on this on this podcast uh, that I'm super curious about is that I do think that there's this through line for people who live in vans that this um, willful discomfort getting out of our comfort zone is sort of like something that we're into mm -hmm. Colette and I both like uh, are I think like you and that we love talking to strangers oh yeah but um in addition to that, like the limitations of the van, I feel like make you more uh, malleable and impervious to like, like internalizing adversity. Yeah. You know, um, what, what, why, why did the van happen to you? What's your, what's your van genesis story? Yeah. So, I was in a relationship about two and a half years ago. So first off, when I was fourteen, I got in an eight-year relationship. Whoa. Yeah, like that. It was crazy <laughs> like looking back but like that guy I chased him a little bit at the end shouldn't have but I think we got to do that once in our lives to realize that we shouldn't so right after that <laughs> uh, I did enough for a few of us <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's necessary though for real but so I had that eight-year relationship and then I pretty much jumped into my next which was almost three years mm -hmm. and so my entire adult life and some of my like teenage years from 14 to like 22 ish um, I was in a relationship mm -hmm. so when that other guy broke up with me um, I finally learned to have life for me and I'm such a giver and I'm like everyone take a piece of my heart and I'm a people pleaser which isn't always a good thing but that's just like the way I am so I needed this like much like relationship with me mm -hmm. and I started traveling a lot and it was when I went to the Grand Tetons I was taking my roommate um, she was gonna work there over the summer so I drove with her and then flew back mm -hmm. but I remember looking at those mountains and being like oh my god there's so much more to the world than Disney World and Virginia Beach <laughs> because <laughs> growing up like we, sure. we went on vacation don't get me wrong but it was like where are our dance competitions and softball tournaments at mm -hmm. like that's where we vacation mm -hmm. and so I had just never seen these freaking mountains that make you feel like you're on a completely different universe and so from then I went to Iceland and right when I got back from Iceland I spoke at one of my like first uh, student leadership conferences and it was the last day I was speaking with another speaker. He was kind of like giving me advice and stuff. We had talked for probably like 30 minutes and he gave me some like good ideas, thoughts, things to think on. And I went up to him at the end of the day to like say thank you. And he was like, oh no, like we're not done. Like here's a pin drop to Starbucks. Like I'll meet you there in 10. And I was like, okay. For me, like someone like knowing how valuable time is, especially like when you're already doing the dang thing. Like mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, this guy's giving me time. Like what the heck? And we went there and eventually like, probably like two hours in the conversation I was like I, you know I'd love to live in a van one day or get an airstream I just I want to see more and I want to chase this curiosity and sunsets and he called me out on my 
my shit then he was like so you talk about living the dream you tell people how to live the dream and you're not living yours mm-hmm. he's like what's holding you back and I was like mm, nothing like that I have had no excuse at that point and he was like hey like do you have debt I was like, no, I actually have a pretty good savings account, which not anymore. Now I'm definitely in debt from the van. However, I'm so much happier, right? And so after that conversation, like three months later, I bought the van. took six months to build it out, and now here we are living in it. And so for me, it was always just to facilitate more speaking and, like, keep working on that relationship with with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny, like, I keep having these, like, full circle moments where I'm like, I was super in love with my ex and like we're on good terms but in my head I'm like thank you for breaking my heart a little bit and the first guy thank you for making me not chase the second one Uh you know it's just like taking a piece from all those things yeah on that rock bottom thing that you were talking about and I tell Colette this all the time but like I think I'm done probably running around looking for girls and stuff and I couldn't I couldn't handle being with her if I hadn't just had my heart just blasted to pieces mm-hmm. a few times, you know? A hundred percent. I'm like, you forget that heartbreak actually hurts yeah. until you're going through it. And I always try to like remind myself of that where it's like, it, it could be worse. It's like a physical, emotional, mental, just craziness when you go through these things. Um, but like I said, you got to feel that mm-hmm. and like be okay with feeling mm-hmm. it. Well, bit. and the other thing, it's like, it's like you're, you're in debt for your van now, but you know, in and in those moments you feel so fucking alone because you got your ass kicked by this this breakup or whatever but everybody's in debt and everybody gets their heart broken you know and so it's like it's just some human shit that you got to go through right what do you think about that bud got anything to add no, I'm just listening. Okay. Fascinating. Um, well, let's talk about your van. What kind of van do you have? Yeah. I have a 2014 high roof Mercedes <clears throat> Sprinter 144. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Billy. Okay. Um, I love her, but she is. It's funny because people are like, oh, like, oh, so she's a she. And I'm like, she's definitely a she. She's temperamental, always hungry, and you never mm. know what's wrong. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, she was, like I said, um, everything that could have went wrong went wrong in the beginning Mm -hmm. so now we're finally at a a point where we're feeling a little bit better and Mm -hmm. like we have some weight off our shoulders but she was a a work in progress there for a while yeah Yeah. what are your uh what's your setup in there um so as far as like all the stuff all the things yeah amenities you got a bed uh, (laughs) couch (laughs) i have a a bed which is kind of awesome because i'm a little nugget so i can Mm -hmm. fit horizontally in my van okay and when i'm alone which is i would say 99 percent of the time that i'm by myself yeah i just sleep horizontally however it like pulls out when it pulls out i have an extra mattress it's like four inches short of a king it's extremely spacious so one of my friends is with me right now so we're pulling out the bed for that like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um it's awesome when you want to open the back doors and everything. But there's that. Um, I have like uh, my lagoon table with like seating across from one another, which I love. I yeah. like, love having people over. Okay. I've gotten really good at Moscow mules. I should have made you guys some. Oh, oh. Over here. hey. Um, I'm dirty to me. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's kind That's of been my thing. And rice cakes. I love like sharing those kind of things. Um, when I went home to Ohio, I got some like Ohio beer. My mom, I think my mom 
She hates that I'm in the van, 100%. However, she's like, hey, here's a bottle of Kettle, here's some Bloody Mary mix, here's some Ohio beer, share with your friends, because then she knows oh. that I'm not by myself uh -huh. <laughs> around yeah, people. Yeah. Or you just scored a lot of booze for right? yourself. Right? <laughs> yeah. So great. Um, so yeah, and then I have ugh, my fridge. I wish I would have done like a Dometic, uh -huh. but you live and you learn, so eventually we'll get something more efficient. But right now I have like one of the dorm fridges. We got 300 watts on top. Some deep cycle batteries um, in the back. Uh, yeah. No shower. Yeah. Planet Fitness, way to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have 24 and Planet Fitness just because 24 is right here. But we got um, we got Planet Fitness when we did this trip, and I like it so much better. Yeah. Our it's 24 so here is a shithole, man. Oh, Planet really? Fitness is yeah. like consistent. 24 hour, it's like some of them feel like you're at a luxury spa gym and you're like, yes, this is amazing. But most of them are really gross. Really? Great, I honestly don't scuzzy. think I've ever been in one. Yeah. yeah, you're lucky. The one here is like doable, but uh... It's not the worst, but it's yeah, a Yeah, some of them we've been to, it's like you feel like you're in a prison. It's so gross. But the Planet Fitnesses were like always nice. Right. Like always clean. <laughs> it's funny though, I realized one thing that I took for granted that I kind of miss a little bit. I went home and I showered at my cousin's place and she was like, hey, do you want a robe? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I like wore that robe for the rest of the day, like slept in it. Um, because you're, I was so used to at home, like, okay, you get in the shower, you put on a towel, you start making breakfast, you mm -hmm. walk around. Like here, we're like showering and then have to get dressed when we're still almost wet. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, yeah. That's the stuff you take for granted. Try putting jeans on when you're wet. That's oh, yeah. his favorite thing to do. Or leggings, like a new pair of leggings. Oh, yeah. Like you're screwed. You're like, that's, nope. That's one of the reasons that the van was shut down when I when we first got here is because even when it's cold out, my strategy at this point is like, I go in there in a pair of shorts. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I come out in a pair of shorts with no underwear on so that I can like quasi air dry. And then when I get wherever I'm going, I actually get, oh my God, that's get in the back of the van and get dressed, right? Heck yeah, van hacks. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Uh, oh, speaking of van hacks, you got any, you got any tricks you figured out? Hmm. No, I don't have any more. Give it all to him. That's a... Good question. Where do you piss? I have a toilet. Oh, you do? I do. Like a nature set or something? No, just like, um, I don't remember the brand, but basically a little yeah. gallon thing. Yeah, yeah. A couple gallon okay. thing. But, so yeah, I have that at least. Um, geez though. I use it as least, as, I don't yeah. like using it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd rather squat outside, honestly, for the longest time. For probably like the first month, I didn't even use it. I was like afraid to, because mm -hmm. like I know I have to dump this thing. Yeah. So I would just squat everywhere. Yeah. But we're getting better. Hmm. <laughs> Van hacks, though. I can't think of one off the top of my head yet. Okay. Well, there's no pressure. Um, that's what the internet's for. It's right. already all out there. <laughs> totally. Um, one of the things that I really like to talk about on this podcast, because I feel like there's such the van life trend and hashtag and all of that is being so glamorized yeah. um and it's cool i mean it affords us opportunities that we certainly you know we'd have to make a we'd have to work way more to make a shit ton of money to be able to do the sort of vacations that we do and so yeah. all of that is real and awesome but um you mentioned that your mom doesn't like that you're in the van what what's your what's your take on the sort of like societal stigma 
and you know your loved ones your friends and family like what were their responses to the yeah to the thing so to be honest i wasn't gonna tell my mom until after i bought the van mm -hmm. and then i needed a co-signer uh, <laughs> so i was like okay. shoot i have to tell her uh -huh. but at first i really didn't tell anyone because i was just kind of nervous to hear how they were going to respond um my mom definitely wasn't happy uh -huh. um, and and still isn't but she also she very much understands why i'm doing this right um and how i've revolved everything around like this living the dream and trying to make an impact and she loves that supports it mm -hmm. knows it sees it feels it all that kind of stuff but being my mom she's scared of yeah. all these bad things that are going to happen and you know too many people watch the news and so they think <laughs> everything bad that does happen is going to right um so there's all of that and i think too i think you get the glamorized portion of living in the van and then you get also the people who are like oh you live in a van yeah like, yeah you need some money right I'm like no I, this is a choice so mm -hmm. i think you get like both ends and my mom i think thinks more of like people looking down or she she's very much on thinking like i don't want life to be harder for you because people suck in mm -hmm. a sense um but it's funny like she has my location for like at all times oh on the phone yeah i yeah, actually just got a new phone the other day so i should check to make sure she still does yeah. or she'll be freaking out <laughs> um but the other day she was like yeah this is ridiculous like every single night before i go to bed i'm like okay where's alexa sleeping and there was one day that i was the van down by the river and i literally was like sleeping right next to i was in iowa mm -hmm. and she goes when i looked to see where your location was the pin drop was like in the middle of the river because it was like <laughs> oh, so no. far away and she was like oh my god oh my god <laughs> Like freaking out. Oh so, no. Like, Mom, it's okay though. But, um, so yeah, she doesn't like that. A lot, of, most of my family doesn't totally love this. Um, mm -hmm. my sister's super supportive and everything. But even when I went home the first time in the van, I was super nervous because sometimes I feel like it's a lot of fake support. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would rather, like, just don't say anything. You know, if mm -hmm. you don't, it's whatever. Um, but I was sleeping in my van, like, in my mom's driveway. Mm -hmm and that was like really hard for people to accept i'm like this is my bed this is my home yeah like i also like alone time so like i can literally leave here and still be here but just kind of get some space so that was quite interesting yeah i'd have to say but we restart this real quick my dad uh i spent eight years car free uh, because ultimately i'm an anti-car culture person i think mm -hmm. that our our uh commitment and reliance on the automobile in this country is ridiculous. Um, and so out of like ethics and politics for eight years, I was without a car and I called my dad and I was like, you know, I'm a bit of an iconoclast too. And uh, I called my dad and I was like, I'm thinking about buying a, a van. He's like, oh, I could hear it in his voice. Oh, you're turning into a real boy. Oh you know? <laughs> my gosh, that's hilarious. And I was like, and turn it into a camper and then maybe get rid of my apartment and he's like so you're gonna live in a car and i'm like i'm like well and so i sort of i like colette drove me to fontana two hours away because i found this van at the uh used car dealership i bought it um and my dad's like a loan officer and so when i go into debt he perceives that as stability because if you have payments then you have to do stuff to yeah. make the payments and so I didn't tell them that I had moved into it, but all of a sudden the the bank had sent me like the stock report, which he just sends us that stuff because it, they nerd out on it. Right. And it had bounced back from my apartment to the bank. Oh. 
And he's like, do I have the right address? And I'm like, well, I'm getting mail at Katie's house now. <laughs> My sister lives mm -hmm. in town. And uh, he's like, oh, so I didn't tell him before I moved into the, into the van. And then when I went home last year, I drove to South Carolina from here. And it was awkward enough that I did stay in the, in the guest room. Cause I was like, they're not going to be okay. Yeah. We'll be sleeping in my house right now. It, it's so it's interesting. Because um, But it's also funny too, because you have everyone who's just like, no, come inside. Like you do need a shower. Do you need laundry? And part of it's like, okay, they're just, they're being nice. And right. part of it's like, no, you need a shower. Like <laughs> you should probably do your laundry. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so funny. You get both ends of the spectrum all yeah. the time. Yeah. We're yep. like, we'll take a shower and we'll shit in your house, but like, <laughs> we're gonna sleep in our in our 100%. house. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm like the same same thing. Like, and it settles people down sometimes. Usually, when you tell them that, you're like, they're like, eh, oh, no, fair this is enough. our house, like, but it doesn't have a toilet in it, so cool we're coming for in for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, let's see. What else? Where have you been? Oh, everywhere. Not everywhere, but a lot of places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically, I started in Vegas because I lived there the last seven years. Um, started there, went to Joshua Tree, then basically right to the coast of California. Mm -hmm. I drove all the way up the coast um, to Portland, and I stayed in Portland for a month. However, that was kind of because I was stuck. Mm -hmm. um, I was fixing a bunch of my electrical and then um, new battery, alternator, all that kind of stuff. So. Quite honestly, for like two of those weeks, I was couch surfing because mm -hmm. um, the mechanic wouldn't let me sleep in the van. Sure. So that was. That's fun. like my biggest fear. Totally. Well, I'm like, hey, I live in this thing, so you need to know that for like some sort of like sense of urgency yeah. here. Because if you're not gonna let me sleep here, that's the thing too. Is I luckily have like a community in Portland. Right. Like, other van people that were like willing to help and also just like friends who have houses. Mm -hmm. So I was really taken care of. However, it sucks counting on people or not even necessarily counting people, but I'm just always feel guilty for that kind of stuff. You don't stuff. want to feel like you're imposing. Yeah. No. So for like two weeks, two and a half weeks, it's like I spent so much money, not only on fixing the van, but also like going out to eat for every right. freaking meal. Cause I don't have my house. It just, yeah. it was insane. But that was the entire month um, in Portland. And then I did, I had to speak in Oklahoma. So mm -hmm. I made that trek um, from there to Oklahoma. And then I went home for two weeks. Which honestly was supposed to be like four days, but I have an mm -hmm. eight-month-old nephew, and he's oh, cool. so stinking cute. So I kind of got stuck staying for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did Ohio to Nebraska for another kind of speaking engagement. Then went back to Nevada for more speaking, up to Oregon for like three more weeks, and then back to Nevada to speak, and then now I'm in California. Okay. So we're kind of been all over the place. Yeah. Um... But it's been awesome because sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could plant my wheels somewhere for a little bit and mm -hmm. kind of stay a while. But at the same time, I'm moving so much because I'm speaking and like that's the yeah. Dream. If you got work, so it's yeah, totally fine. But oh by dang, me. you have to go on another adventure. Right, life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like windshield time for me is everything. Yeah, I think before I moved into the van. Um, and I don't know if you guys were there yesterday when I was talking about it, but before I moved into the van, I was like, I'm gonna be so alone, like know what silence is, mm -hmm. like just be like scared all the time or whatever. All these things that everyone else projects on you, mm -hmm. right? And honestly, windshield time is like my only alone time. Right. So I like really value that and I've met amazing people. So like that loneliness has not been yeah. a thing. And even I was telling my friend yesterday, I was like, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that 
some people like in their vans do feel all this loneliness mm -hmm. and i'm like there's so many strangers that you can talk yeah. to just but again obviously we're all different so uh, yeah i, I feel so like hard. for us a we, we just did a seven and a half week trip where we went all the way out to like montreal and new york um but for the two of us, A, we have each other, mm -hmm. right? And so if we're bored, we start talking. And <laughs> yeah. we're forced to talk to each other. And then B, we're both like you, we're both extroverts, right? And I, but I would think that, yeah, for, a, for an individual solo person living in a van who is an introvert and is scared to talk to people that yes. they don't know, I can't imagine that oh, it yeah. would be isolating. What do you, when you go to a new, so the places that you, that you, just told us about are basically the western seaboard and um and then like to the midwest yeah yeah um and it sounds like you probably have a decent network in a lot of those places mm -hmm. and to the extent that you're being invited to come speak at something um then then you've got a built-in sort of social experience there yes. too what do you, when you're going somewhere, when you're passing through somewhere, what do you do to engage with people if you want to? Do you have apps that you go to? You just walk into the restaurant and start talking to folks? Kind of. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I could talk to a wall. But yeah. um, I feel like I always end up having like some crazy conversation with someone at the coffee shop. Uh -huh. I'm always like trying to go to those spots to work and stuff. And plus, I typically get some sort of interaction with humans if I'm by myself so mm -hmm. that's been a huge thing for me and honestly the power of social media it sometimes it gets such a bad rep and I do agree that some people use it inappropriately or not the way like whatever however I've met so many people where I'm like I've been friends with them for months via Instagram right. and then finally like our, our roads yeah. cross or whatever um but yeah honestly though in the five months I have not been alone very much at all mm-hmm and so it's been good um i had like one week and like a little bit out of five one week where i was completely by myself um but i was still speaking so i'm i, I don't know it's been interesting but um yeah i people talk crap about millennials and social media and all of that stuff and it's it's just about how you use it and there are people that i'm i get i got excited about fall because everybody everybody in the van community yeah. comes here to our home for the winter because it's the best weather mm -hmm. for the winter and everybody goes out to other places to adventure and stuff during the the other months but yeah. this time of year we're like the the mecca we're the yeah you know, we're the center of the universe for for van people um, and i'm excited for a bunch of people who are coming down from the pacific northwest you guys just oh. got here yesterday and we've got We've got friends that we talk to on the internet that we same mm -hmm. sort of deal that we don't really know. I've met them once or twice or whatever, and um, it's so it's so cool to be able to do that. Uh, I think like with that too. Before I moved into the van, I didn't expect to have like such solid friendships and relationships with people so quickly. Mm -hmm. And so even my month in Portland, like, I drove away crying. Like because yeah. I had made such like amazing new friends. Uh -huh. And like like I said, I literally had a community up there I felt like. Some people who were van friends and some people who like li like live in houses there. And I did not expect that. Yeah. And I think you said something earlier too about how all of us kind of have Disconnection. I think we all live in a van for some reason, like some win moment, like I like to say. Mm -hmm. And so we do, like, we connect really fast mm -hmm. because 
we're all going against that grain. Yeah. Like we have that in common, and we probably have some rock bottom moments in common, mm -hmm. or just like more empathetic, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, and so, yeah, you like dive in quickly, and it's like, oh my God, I just met you five minutes ago and just told you my life story. Right. But it's amazing. Well, and to the, I mean, back to the, I would love to hear you expound more on um, th this idea, because it's something that I've thought about, but I don't have like bullet points to talk about it. This idea of being more childlike and, oh. and acting more the way that kids do, because that's something that I've always, ever since I was like 19, I was like, oh shit, it's going away and I want to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. I've always, ever since I became a quote unquote adult, aspired to see life as nakedly as kids do. Um, and I, I think to a certain degree, the the one thing, whether you know some of us are surfers, some of us are motivational speakers or rock climbers or mountain bikers, like these are the people, the typical, you know, um, the typical demographics that sort of gravitate towards living in a van. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing that I think is a real through line is that we all really are willing to get out of our comfort yeah. zones. And th I think that probably translates into us being prepared to be more real with each other. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't like this shit. I don't like that. Here's who I am. You like it or you don't, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that's why those connections happen super yes. fast. Like, and even with what you just said too, I always say, I want all of you or I want none of you. Right. And I want to give people all of me or none of me in a sense. And that was something a couple years ago I was like really nervous to do when I lost my dad. And basically it was like, one thing happened when it rains, it pours. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how am I gonna ever meet someone again or like wanna be around people? Like I have so much baggage. Mm -hmm. But to me it's like those are, they're all good bags yeah. to carry. They're heavy, mm -hmm. but like you gotta carry them. And my like mentor, he was like, you gotta give people all of you or none right. of you and do it in the beginning because what, you're gonna invest all this time with someone and then maybe they don't like something about you because you were holding on to it because you thought people wouldn't like it about you. Well, then I don't want you in my life anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of how I started approaching life mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes, and. I do, I apologize when I don't need to or I shouldn't. But sometimes I'm like, okay, sorry, I just literally gave you everything, uh -huh. but take it or leave it. Right. And I think that honesty and vulnerability is kind of a common ground with, with everyone yeah. in this community, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, man, your ugly is really, like you're saying, you know? A lot of time, the reason, the the moments when you find that or you realize how beautiful life is, are, are right on the heels of a yeah. bad moment. In the same way, in the same regard, I feel like human beings' beauty is in there a, a lot of times in their individual trauma. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I know, I know people who are in uh, NA and AA and have had like done gnarly shit and them sharing that is never going to do any harm to me, right? Yeah. It's going to bring me closer to them and maybe even I'm going to benefit from it from learning something about what not to get into. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, where not to slide and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what's next? Where, where are you headed? Um, from here, I'm going to be in California for a couple weeks, I think. Um, then Arizona, back to Nebraska, and then home for Christmas okay. for a little bit. Um, the plan was Baja after that. We'll see. Uh-huh. We will see. Yeah. 
Okay. But I feel like, too, it's so hard to commit to anything in the van. Yeah. I used to be someone who was, like, such a planner. Like, yeah, it was, like, so spontaneous, but spontaneously organized, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And now I feel like I say yes to me. And mm -hmm. so saying yes to other people is a challenge. Yeah. And yes to other things that, like, have to... I just can't tell people I'm going to be here on this day. Just you just don't want to be anymore. weighed down. Yeah. Yeah. Unless well, it's something that you want to do mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. That's a great luxury to have. Um, long term, where are you headed? Where do you want to go? So I think kind of in, in 2020, I want to try and plant my wheels in places for a little bit longer. So me the vision too. for me, ideally, I don't know at what point this will happen, but... As far as speaking, because again, that's like end all be all, right? So I would love, for example, to like be in Denver for a solid month. And in that month, I get to speak to all those different demographics. Mm -hmm. So I can go speak to student leadership. I can speak to a women's event in a college with an athletics, do a dance workshop, yeah. whatever. While also getting to kind of know that city a little bit, its surroundings, and then also go off and adventure, camp, yeah. whatever. So that's kind of... For me, hopefully, where right now I'm definitely chasing the speaking where I would love it for one day to be like, hey, I'm going to be here at this time, like right. take it or leave it yeah. eventually. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never say no to anything, I don't think, because I just love it so much. Mm -hmm. Like I, I had a friend of mine who was like, just charge more than you can do it less. Yeah. And I was like, I would love to charge less and do it every day. Right. For mm -hmm. me, like it's, it's not about the money. Like All I need to do is like pay the van, mm -hmm. get gas food like that's all i care about it'd be nice to pay off some debt right yeah but for me like i literally would do it every single day if mm -hmm. i could i'd be exhausted because pouring into people i realize like how tired i get even yeah last night someone was like you look tired i'm like i am i just gave so much <laughs> of my heart to people it's just like, but i love that um so yeah that's kind of like long-term goal i thought i'd only do the van for a year and now only after five months i'm like uh, i'm here yeah. for a while yeah yeah i um I got the van and I only moved out of my apartment because I was like, well, I finished the van. I might as well complete the experiment. And I fully expected to be two months, months later, be like, it's nice to have a camper van, but I'm moving back into an apartment. Mm -hmm. And we want a bigger van because yeah. it's the three of us in here. And mm -hmm. it's like, when one person moves, you feel it, you know, yeah. no matter where you're at. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, um, but I don't, I don't see, I'm sure it'll happen someday, me get yeah. another like brick and mortar house, but I don't I don't know when it's gonna happen. Right, well I even found now, like not just van life, but just tiny living in general. Sure. I went to a tiny house festival uh -huh. and I was kind of like, dang, like maybe I never wanna live in like. A traditional home. Yeah, yeah. where do the tiny home thing. Oh, eventually. so right out here, uh -huh. there's this new, there are these two new mansions that were built that both have a view of the ocean probably six seven million dollar houses and every time i walk past them because we park here most days and then i go walk downtown to get a beer or hang out with people or take him for a run every time i walk past one of those places i'm like dude if i lived in there I would have to have 20 of my friends hanging out with me mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, we're like, what would you know? we do? Like, how, how do we fill those rooms? Yeah. yeah. When and you have space, you just fill it with shit. Yeah. Right. And it's typically like couples or like 
a family with like an only Two child. Kids. Or yeah. Something. I'm like, like really? That was something that like my grandma she didn't really understand this concept either. And I was like, I want to live in a van because I want the entire world to be my backyard. Uh-huh. Where obviously we always get the joke, like, are you the van that lives down by the river? Right. And I'm like, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Other times, though, I'm the van that's in the mountains or by the ocean or in a parking lot. But, yeah. like, we get that choice and we don't even have to do the landscaping. And for me, like, that's the best part. Don't even have to cut the grass. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, Jared this morning was wearing this hilarious Matt Foley t-shirt. Yeah, I know the one. (laughs) (laughs) Super awkward, awkward conversation because I go, I love that shirt, man. Whose shirt is that? He goes, it's mine. And I'm like, I'm not accusing you of stealing somebody's shirt, dude. Where'd you get it? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Being able to go around. That's our joke is, um, we're at our local dog park today, and it's always like a different place, you know, uh-huh. 300, 400 miles from here and stuff. Right. Um, what, are there any like little, apart from the things that are very obvious, and this might be sort of akin to the van life, uh, the van life hack question, but are there things that, especially since you're only five months in, are there things that you've didn't know we're going to be super badass about living in the van that like you're just like oh this makes x a whole lot easier hmm so i'm like i think a lot sometimes we focus too much on like the unique challenges uh-huh. or sometimes i guess i don't necessarily sit back besides just i think the van gives me the opportunity to finally have my life mm-hmm. and live it completely on my terms and obviously that's kind of like a broad yeah a broad thing of course but that at this point is like what i've completely taken from it um i also love though that i know a lot of people don't like driving at night Mm -hmm. however i'm kind of like if i have a long drive like i'm just gonna drive until i can't yeah i don't have like a whole like three hour rule or Mm -hmm. something so i think that's the best thing about being in a van though like as soon as i get tired like I can pull over yeah. and go to bed and yeah. that's what's amazing because mm-hmm. there's been times that I'm like okay I literally have driven till 2 a.m. because mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. and then you you find somewhere to sleep and you get up early and you, you head out um, because I think too I try to take advantage of like where I'm at as long as possible yeah so I'm like the crazy that will literally do like a 10 hour day just because I would rather like soak up everything in mm-hmm. this place and soak up everything in the next place mm-hmm. than being like, okay, I'm only going to drive three hours. And now three hours later, I'm in this like super middle of nowhere, like literally nothing to do, nothing to see yeah. place. And yes, you can see beauty and everything or do cool stuff. Anywhere. Not West However, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> See, you were right. And I was just in like middle of nowhere, Nevada, and same thing. Like, yeah. we wouldn't have a gas station for five hours at times. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, that that rule doesn't work for me. <laughs> uh, we yeah. like that too. Uh, yeah. I drove, I was alone. Colette had work, and so she couldn't come across the country for Christmas last year. She flew out to see us uh, once I got there. But I drove the wide version of the Texas drive in one day because I was like, I, I got up in New Mexico and I was like, I'm going to drive to Denver and have dinner in Denver. And it wasn't really, I wasn't really feeling it uh, Denver in t- uh, Dallas. I was like, I'm going to drive to Dallas and have dinner in Dallas. And I just, I had a burger and I kind of wasn't really feeling it. And I was like, I'm just going to get in the van and drive. Like I haven't had any beer. And, uh, I bought a six pack in, 
Texas, didn't open it, put it in the fridge, and drove all the way to Shreveport, Louisiana, because I was just like, yeah, I was awake. So just keep going, you know? Totally. Okay, though, grocery shopping. Yeah. It's amazing to go grocery shopping and then just put your crap away instantly. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love that. Same thing with laundry. However, like, laundry is my least favorite errand mm -hmm. for chore. Sure. Me so too. the fact that I don't do it very often is honestly amazing. Mm -hmm. And then to just be able to take your stuff, put it away right away is kind of nice. Well, and the other thing is like, this is another thing is like, I will take people up. I don't sleep in people's houses, but I will take people up on uh, a shower sometimes and doing laundry at their yes, place. Laundry hundred percent. But once you get used to doing laundry at a laundromat and then you go to somebody's house, if you don't want to hang out at their house for a while, um, <laughs> you realize how much slower the like residential machines are because you can do three or four loads all at one time yeah. and then the dryer takes 15 minutes in those. It's probably thrashing your clothes, but like it's quick, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. What else, bud? Sorry, this guy's being an asshole today. <laughs> you just went to the beach for two hours. And you're not listening to other people. I think he him. wants to get us. I think he wants us to get out of his house so that he can take a nap. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing it's, in here for so long? It's Spins Van. We, yeah, we've only done it's 40 so of these podcasts, dude. You're not used to it yet. Um, so cheeky. Where can Sorry people find you? Um, on Instagram, I'm moving Alexa. So mm -hmm. no G, just M O V I N Alexa. Um, my one? website, which I'm like blogging and doing some stuff on there, is alexaglazer.com. Um, my movement is living the dream, the movement on Instagram. Again, okay. no G, so a little bit everywhere. Where right. can you get your book? Do you have it on? Uh, like yeah, I have it on my website, um, alexaglazer.com, or it's on Amazon, nice, or Barnes Noble online, Target online. Okay, lots nice. of good stuff. Yeah. What's the What's the plan for the next book? Do you have an idea yet? Honestly, no. Uh -huh. <laughs> you just know you want to do it. Yeah, and I've been, I feel like the van has given me a lot of like deep-rooted thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so I have like small ideas, I guess, of how I maybe want to set it up. But right now I'm just going to write and then figure it out afterwards. Yeah. Like things that I like, don't like, because that's kind of how it worked out last time. Yeah. Um, I had a better guideline of what I wanted out of it. Um, but all in all, like nothing about that book was written in order. Mm -hmm. Just as it came. Yeah. So and you just put it together afterwards. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, what did we miss? No, that was any, awesome. Anything that was burning awesome. like uh, that you want to tell us that you didn't? Ooh, I can talk about my brown bag diaries. What is this? Oh yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> When I first started my whole like live in the dream journey, I would say, um, it was like one of my first speaking engagements and this woman was like, well, of course you're living the dream, you're young, blonde and living on the beach. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay, I guess like in terms of society, I'm young. I'm, mm -hmm. At that time was 24, 25. And I was like, however, I'm definitely not a blonde if you look closely, like mm -hmm. these roots are brown yeah. and I've never lived on the beach in my life. So that was someone who's just like looking at a square on Instagram or a video on YouTube, right? And like judging all your like superficial, materialistic, mm -hmm. just pictures. Mm -hmm. And my response to this woman was, I don't care if you see me, I don't care if you know my name, what I look like, put a brown bag over my head and like just listen to my message. Mm -hmm. And two years or so later, I started this thing called Brown Bag Diaries. It's still like very early stages, but I think it's like baby number three eventually. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I started putting a brown bag over my head, taking pictures, crushing these stereotypes that people placed on me, and mm -hmm. eventually kind of want to tell other people stories of like the stereotypes that they have on them. Um, because another thing was a friend of mine was like, don't talk about living in your van. Like, talk about losing your dad. That's a better story. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm I'm not the girl that lives in her van. I'm not the girl who lost her dad. Like, I'm just me. Right. Um, and it's funny, even Jared, I called him out the other day, which is typically what I do. But he was like, so what are you, the next Tony Robbins or Gary V? <laughs> and I was like, no, like, I'm just, I'm just me. And yeah. so I think when people can do that and feel more comfortable and like who they actually are and kind of look mm -hmm. inward, it's amazing. And so I've taken pictures, um, my brown bag, like in my van, kind of debunking what like other people think van life is. Um, I haven't posted this one yet, but my dad's birthday is coming up. And something I do on his birthday is I hit imaginary dingers. I always go to a baseball field, bring kettle one, um, pour some on home plate and like hit a dinger, run the bases mm -hmm. and just like hang there. But I've had people be like, how, how are you still sad about this? Mm -hmm. Like it's been six birthdays and I'm yeah. like, I, I lost my dad. my dad. Like dude. what? I just, yeah. people, it's it's oh amazing. The things you wouldn't think people say. Uh -huh. every, like it's just it's amazing. So I've done all that stuff, and then I've um, taken a couple pictures of friends in debunking their stereotypes. And the process is really cool because I'm like, okay, how do you feel when you put this brown bag over your head? And at first, you feel really silly. It's literally like a Safeway bag, right? And mm -hmm. you feel uncomfortable, especially like if we're in public. But then everyone kind of has that same reaction where it's like, I then felt really safe. Mm -hmm. I wasn't worrying about if I looked good in the picture, if I had enough makeup on, if I had something in my tooth, if my hair looked okay. Um, I had a friend of mine, she's like, I haven't showered in a week. She lives in a van too. And she's uh -huh. like, this is kind of great. Like I put this brown bag over my head. <laughs> but she was like, you feel finally like you can be you and really comfortable. And that to me is the goal with yeah. this whole thing so i don't know what it's going to look like in the end mm -hmm. but i i know that i love it right now yeah. and just kind of making people feel better just being actually who they are mm -hmm. but also i think telling people like who they're not and like knowing that that's okay to do that i think sometimes we're scared when people say that we're something we're like i actually don't fit in that bubble at all mm -hmm. but we we fear this judgment that if we're not that or what they're going to think if we say that we're not or whatever right. and i just want to give people a space to feel like they can be them mm -hmm. yeah it's weird i and especially for for i feel like so many people who are trying to create something feel obligated to package package whatever they're doing in a way that's going to be um, readily accepted. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's, if you're selling stuff, sometimes I guess you have to do that. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to try to find the, the happy medium there. Maybe we should get brown bags. Um, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's that. been a good time chatting. And uh, I'm stoked for what you're doing. I'm hoping that you're that you get the notoriety to where you can just like post up in places and yeah speak. What what's the breadth? Here's another question: How wide a breadth of people have you spoken to? Have you done a prison yet? No. But so one of my big big goals was I wanted to speak to all men. Yeah. Because um, I just think, I was like, how can I get, because like, that'd be such a challenge. Like, how do you get a group of men 
to listen to this like little blonde girl and like mm-hmm. take me seriously like how what can i do to make them feel like i'm relatable to them so i think that's the the biggest thing as far as speaking like you got to relate with people or they're not going to feel anything mm-hmm. um i think a lot of speakers they'll tell you like quote on top of quote with like a statistic here and like barely any personal experience mm-hmm. and people get hyped in the moment but it's like i don't want people hyped in the moment like i want to give you some chills, give you those light bulb moments, and then think about what I said a week from now, a month from now, or like years, where it's like, wait, mm-hmm. what did that girl say? And not be able to necessarily like look it up online. Like, because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that quote, what was that one quote? Who said that? And it's like, never the speaker that actually said it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so to me, it's just like being relatable and it's like telling stories that relate to that specific demographic. Like, when I'm with high schoolers, I'm talking about like getting bullied about my thunder thighs when I was in high school, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm with women, I'm talking about the amount of times that I thought that I wasn't good enough and hate looking at myself in the mirror. And mm-hmm. so when I had a group of men, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do here? But for me, it was an opportunity to talk about, like, I know like what good men are and how they should act because I had great men in my life and that impact that they kind of made on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done all, all men. And that was like a fraternity in college. Yeah. How'd it um, go? It was awesome. Yeah. I got a little bit of a lash from some of them, but that's okay. I, I like that. And like, I'm, I always welcome like people challenging me because I think yeah. that's when you get better at like uh-huh. your craft. Sure. Um, and then, I mean, I've spoke literally to every age as far as school, like literally kindergartners to. <laughs> no. This is a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> we're live. Yeah, we're good. All right. Uh, bags are going to fly away. Like, yeah, Save the planet. all all groups of students, um, women kind of of all ages, but yeah, never a prison. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was cool when I spoke here because it was kind of the first time I spoke to a group that didn't necessarily have like a common cause, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And where I'm always like, okay, like, what am I going to do to relate to these people? And that's why, too, like, I loved yesterday because it was like an hour of kind of just like mingling, and I like to do that to like feel out the room. Um, and kind of like feel what people need Mm -hmm. but that was kind of cool yesterday because you had no idea what people's common ground was Mm -hmm. I'm someone who's like there's 7.53 billion people in the world and we all have something in common Mm -hmm. no one wants to think that but again it's like storytelling and not being afraid of strangers but it's like hey maybe we just have like our favorite color is red but it's still something Mm -hmm. that like you can start a conversation on so yesterday it was like you just didn't know what that one thing was and that was what was cool though yeah so you spoke at Vori which is a local company um that people should think uh if they don't know what it is think lululemon Mm -hmm. but maybe a little bit higher quality and and more uh close to the the original creators um how'd you get that gig yeah so the manager there his name's seth um he's in like the van community he's building out his van right now oh good and i need you to introduce me to him yeah he's i met him last night yeah yeah he's so amazing um but we started talking on social media like months ago Mm -hmm. i don't even know how or why but that's kind of how it works right um and he just saw that i was doing a bunch of speaking or saw that i was wrote a book and stuff and he was like hey we do like community stuff here like i'd love to bring you on and have you talk and do a book signing or kind of whatever and it's really cool because i've never necessarily done anything like that either so it was just kind of a learning process for all of us and i was like I'm like the chillest person ever, um, as far as all that. I'm like, I don't give me a chair, make me stand. Other mm-hmm. people, I don't know. People can sit on the floor, like, whatever it is. Like, 
it'll work. And <laughs> yeah. I left last night feeling like, oh, like it worked, you Great. know? And yeah. you kind of, you kind of walk in like, okay, how many people are going to show up? Mm-hmm. Like, is it, am I going to be talking to my friends who already have to hear me talk about my stuff like this all the time all anyway? Time. Cause I'm like, I feel like I have like all these like mini masterminds with friends, you know, mm-hmm. in this realm too, I feel like everyone's trying to be creative and do something. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to have those people who are going to be like, yeah, that's good. That's not so good. And like expand on that idea. Um, so yeah, yesterday was freaking awesome. Yeah. I, I want to do more stuff like that uh-huh. for sure. Cool. And I'll set you up with Seth. He's cool. Right. He's a cool dude. Yeah, good, good. That's cool. Does he live in town here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we will be friends. I always tell people that like, uh, you know, if you're a stoner, you hang out with stoners. Mm-hmm. And if you're a yogi, you hang out with yogis yeah. and surfers and every other sort of group and there's like this whole community that nobody knows about until they start doing the van thing and then they just like explode right in front of you like oh hey you you yes and i always say to him like my van friend and like other people who aren't in the community like what what is your van friend like they live in a van like they just they get it yeah but Mm -hmm. that's what's so cool too especially being by myself in the van like there's something about making other people making friends of other people in their van Mm -hmm. and like Getting to hang out with them and like my van sleeps next to their van. Like then I know I'm okay. Yeah. If like you don't need to sleep with me, but just like be next to me uh-huh. in your van in your parking spot. Yeah. But it's it's cool. Yeah. We haven't done any caravanning yet. I'm looking forward to when we get to do some of that. <laughs> Good. We did it. It's a podcast. Sweet. And you were a jerk, but you're still you were cute. A jerk. <laughs> All right, guys, we did it. That was episode 37 of From the Van featuring Alexa Glazer. We had a really good conversation. Uh, It was good to sit down and hang out with her. And uh, I really appreciate you if you've stuck around and listened this long. Uh, Tune in next week on Tuesday for another episode of From the Van.